Oi, oi, and welcome to the Orient Outlook podcast with myself, Steve Nussbaum, and as always, my good friend, South Dan Chum, the bearded legend, Mr. Paul Levy. Thank you very much indeed. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode number 118. In this week's pack show, we've got two games to discuss, including an FA Cup win and another unfortunate league loss. On a positive note, though, the ladies' team march on with another win in the Cup, so I think without further ado... Uh, oh, actually, we've got a guest. Yeah, just a. We've got a guest interview that we recorded <laughs> just before we came on. So stay tuned for that. If you are on social media, you'll already know. But later on in the show, we have a special guest. So let's crack on. And as always, start with our friends over at the Supporters Club. Yep, so the updates to tell you about two trips this week. First of all, coaches to Wrexham on Saturday, the 28th of October, depart Brisbane Road at 8 a.m. for a 3 p.m. kickoff. The cost of this one is £27 for adults and £24 for concessions with a £3 surcharge for non-members. And a new trip, this time on the Saturday, the 4th of November, as coaches to Gillingham leave at 11am for a 3pm kickoff. Flat fare for this one at only £15. So whether you're a student, whether you're an adult or a child, £15, which is a superb cost, you can book by either going into the supporters club for any home game or after, or by calling the travel line on 135 Nine seven zero, and please remember that these trips do not include match tickets. So either book your ticket beforehand or get ready to pay on that turnstile. Absolutely, absolutely. So another um, fantastic evening uh, to mention. So put this in your calendars now. Do not book anything else. Sunday, the twenty ninth of April, at the Prince Regent Hotel for the. Uh, the, the sum of forty five pounds for the Star Man yes, Awards back. dinner. It's back. back, yes. I'm delighted it's back. Yeah, we went two years, well, to the last one, and we had a really great time, and despite Brilliant. obviously not doing so well uh, in the league that season. So, Starman Awards are at the Prince Regent Hotel in Chigwell, Sunday the 29th of March. Tickets are priced at just £45, which include dinner, entertainment, and disco. If you are interested, see Simon, who stands in the Supporters Club on the right-hand side as you go in, or Linda Brotham. Um, who is usually walking around um, at the supporters club? You can find her in there uh, to book your tickets. You'll get to meet, you know, some of the players, speak to Nigel and Kent. But most importantly, you'll get to meet the Orient Outlook podcast, who will be in attendance if we can get a ticket. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, following on from that, a bit of an update from the Leighton Orient Trust. So, the trust <laughs> offering free training for fourteen to seventeen-year-olds to help capture the memories of fans and residents in Leighton using the hashtag of 80 years in Leighton. Uh, so as part of this, you know, you'd get to learn new skills, great for personal statements or CVs, an opportunity to meet new people, and a free ticket for a Leighton Orient match on the 24th of October. So there's three sessions. There's one uh, this Tuesday between 4 to 7.15, one this Thursday between 10 to 2 p.m., and lastly on Friday between 10 and 3 p.m. To book, you just have to email inquiries at Leighton Orient Trust dot org dot uk and that's 80 years in Leighton yep Loft also uh, from the Leighton Orient Fans Trust congratulations to the trust who have been nominated for outstanding services to sport at the annual Feel Good Waltham Forest Sport Awards for its role in the campaign to save the club during the traumatic 2016-17 season 
The awards that are run by Waltham Forest Council aim to acknowledge inspirational sports figures in the borough, from budding young sports stars to those who have helped others enjoy getting active and reaching their potential to those who have helped promote and campaign for sport in the community. Loft has been nominated in the Outstanding Service to Sport category. Commenting on the nomination, Loft Chairman Doug Harper said, No doubt there will be a far worthier eventual winner, but it's nice to see our efforts recognised by the local authority who we worked constructively with during the campaign to save our club. This nomination, along with Loft's, is and sorry, this nomination, along with the Leighton Orient Trust, is a recognition both of the importance of the O's to the community in Waltham Forest and of the brilliant way the whole Orient family rallied together to fight for our club's future. So well done yeah, to everybody involved there. Brilliant. Yeah, I mean, you can never forget, you know, the amount of work that the whole Loft uh, team put in. Fantastic to see and a well-deserved nomination uh, for Loft. So before we move on to the week that was, just a quick thank you for all the listens uh, last week. Great listening figures. And thank you again to Ross Embleton for coming on. Who was superb. He was brilliant. He was absolutely superb. And he does himself down by saying that he wasn't, didn't feel he was that good. Ross, you were brilliant, mate. And um, the insight that, that we got from that, you know, really is helpful. And it's not something that we're going to get every single day. So that was um, truly good insight. Yeah. And brilliant. if you haven't listened to it yet, it's only one episode back. It is a bit of a lengthy one, but it's well worth investing your time. Yeah, I agree. So the week that was in, so Monday the 16th of October, the draw for the first round of the FA Cup is made with the O's and Dagenham and Redbridge sharing ball number 64 following the nil-nil draw the previous Saturday with the winners being drawn away to League One Ginningham. So not a bad bad cup tie Ginningham now. Never. Two leagues above us. Never have I wanted to go to Gillingham so much. <laughs> <laughs> On Tuesday the 17th of October, it's a double birthday celebration as Kevin Lisby turned super, 39. Super <laughs> and uh, one of my favourite players of all time, Matt Lockwood turned 41 and neither of them look, look their ages. Shameless plug. Go to the back catalogue if you've not already. Listen to the interviews with Lockwood and Lisby. Lockwood uh, was our, our first, first interview. Very raw. We spent the first hour talking about his youth career before we even touched on it but a fantastic insight into a football yeah. career and he speaks about that hat-trick uh, and that goal in the playoffs he's such a great lad as well and also uh, listener Barry Grestock also had uh, oh. shares a birthday with Kevin Lisby and Matt Lockwood so happy, happy birthday, birthday to, to you Barry and if you've had a birthday this year that we haven't mentioned belated happy birthday and if you've got one coming up between now and the end of the year happy birthday to you Mr Let's Levy has one everybody you have one coming up very shortly that you will not get away with without it going viral on Twitter at some it point so viral anywhere. in the evening we had Dagenham and Redbridge at home in the FA Cup fourth qualifying round replay with the winners earning the trip away to Gillingham so the team was announced with Granger in goal at the back Caprice <coughs> Clark Happy Willison and Judd with Clay Dayton and Bocco in midfield and Mooney and Bond up front on the bench Sam Sargent, Henry Oching, Zane Westbrook, Charlie Barker, Josh Gromer, Sam Dorby and Ross Toru as you can have seven subs for the FA Cup. Absolutely. Jamie Sendles White was ruled out with illness, Alex Lawless was suspended and Matt Harold and Joby McEnough were still sidelined through their injuries. So yeah. Charlie Barker named on the bench, meaning that 10 of the 18-man squad graduated through the O's Academy, which... Superb. Super. Outstanding, isn't it? Really, really good, really good to see. And well done to Charlie Barker for getting down into the squad. Well played, Charlie. Yeah, so he's obviously working hard in training. Yeah, um, and you know Ross is seeing that, Steve's seeing that, and 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 they're putting them through on on merit, which is great. Um, yeah. I wasn't able to go, but 
you know, for me, a decent lineup. For me, I think I said it last week you when, did. with Ross about yeah. having Bocco in. For me, notable young bench, obviously, and I'm glad Stephen Ross are bringing the talent into the team. Yeah, my views on that one. A decent 11, a, a very young bench, but could work in our favour. You know, sometimes kids have no fear and will go out and, and yeah, play blind. So we had loads of tweets on the team. We'll mention just a few that we got. At Matty, LOFC Evans says, Great to see Satoru and Barker on the bench. Bocco starting should give us some pace up top. And Judd plays again. Yeah, at Bazal73 said, Not sure there were too many options with eight or nine out injured or unavailable. Great result if we can scrape through. And at Euro Orient says, Very offensive if the fullbacks get forward. But a lack of a holding midfielder puts a lot of pressure on Happy and Clark. We may see, we may see Zane on early. So thanks for all the yeah. tweets generally. We get so many, it's great to be able to mention what we can Absolutely. on the podcast. Yep, so the match kicked off and it was only the Western North stands that were open. Obviously, it wasn't ever going to be a, a bit of a thriller in, in a sense of a real sort of everyone from the local area coming in to see it. So it made sense that yep. they opened the two, just just the two stands. I couldn't make it, but you could. Yeah, so I was there. First 10 minutes. Yeah, a bit quiet. I mean, Daggers fans were trying to make an atmosphere. They kept singing, oh, wakey, 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 ori. Oh, really? Went, I never heard that bit. before. I thought that was all right, actually. Yeah. Some nice passing from the team. We looked okay, but we had much penetration in the final third, so a bit of a, a nothing start, really. But Daggers okay. had the first chance in the 15th minute. It's Ferrier, I think that's how you say his name. He, he was actually quite good. Had a shot deflected over, and then from the resulting corner, uh, a clearance out got sliced a bit of poor defending. Doe shot over the bar when he was in a decent position. But then it went a little bit quiet, nothing really much to talk about. But then in the 23rd minute, you were texting me at the time saying it's got nil nil written all over it. I did, hoping that something would happen at the back of it. <laughs> oh, yeah. I did, I swear <laughs> down. And it did. So what up happened? Popped, well, up popped McCauley Bond from close range right. uh, to put away a peach for cross from David Mooney uh, to put the O's 1 0 up. So Delight for McCauley, you know, he's broken a bit of a goal duck, he hadn't scored in quite a while, and it was a bit of a scuffed shot, really. Okay. Um, that I guess he was quite lucky, scuffed keeper was going the other way, ball went in, and the relief around the ground was, you could yeah. just feel it, and you can see that in the goal celebration as well. I think he said in his post, one of his post matches, take one off his backside, off his shin, off his hip, yeah. whatever it is, as long as it touches him and goes in and he gets credited for it. Well, stay tuned because we've got McCauley Bond speaking about his goal. Yes, we have. A bit later on. He's a very confident, very confident young man. Which is good. Brilliant, brilliant. Yeah, so less, than, less than 10 minutes later though, he picked up a bit of a head injury. I, I, I was listening to this on, on, on Ozone. Uh, with Dave, so he said he'd gone down, but he he was all right to carry on. All right to carry on, no bandage visible. Okay. All right to carry on. I did notice that Steve Davis was a very animated on the touchline. So okay. I've seen that often this season. A lot no, more animated. Quite passive, isn't he? Yeah, he's communicating with his players a lot more, a lot more vocal, uh, and a lot more. In, I wouldn't say engaged, but a lot more than what he's previously been in terms of what he was doing on the sidelines. Okay. And in the 37th minute, Daglin got a free kick in a great position just outside the box. But Howes put it well over. And in the 39th minute, Caprice, who I thought was having a pretty good game, drove forward. Yeah. Decent shot, but easily saved by their keeper, Cousins. Uh, and then from the counter-attack, Granger had done well to uh, push Pana Ferrier, low shot. So I think Granger had done well there. So it was a bit end-to-end stuff at this point. Both teams looking. Going for it. Yeah, as you would in a normal local cup tie. But um, then there was a chance for Dagnan because of Charlie Granger. Sort of a bit of a poor clearance from him. Bit but of a club. Poor clearance, but a bit of a poor back pass to him. It was pacey and bouncing, so he okay. kind of got it out, but it got intercepted. Uh, By Ferrier, again, to Ferrier. He was all over that game. Morgan, yeah, Morgan Ferrier, good player. He's a good player for this for this league. He seemed like a, a lively, yeah. lively young lad, but he uh, he uh, 
Did he get it saved? He didn't he score shot, anyway. shoots over. Yeah, he <laughs> shot over. But I feel that Granger might be able to do better, but a very bad back pass for that. And then okay. two minutes of injury time were played and half-time also went with the O's one up. So I summed up at half-time. <clears throat> what was the atmosphere like, though, with just the two stands? Was it quite busy in the West? It was busy. <clears throat> um, but it was obviously being on the level in the press box it was a bit hard to tell kind of what the atmosphere was like in the stand so Dagenham fans were singing in the second half Hornet fans became a bit more animated okay. and a bit more louder um, but with about 10 minutes to kick off it seemed really empty right. it did generally seem to fill up towards kick off but okay. you know I think Dagenham maybe you'd expect them to spin a bit more because of how, how local it is and it's probably a massive game for Dagenham so they, could, they contributed though to the atmosphere okay. but not much difference to talk about between the two teams a well-taken bomb goal, some nice passing from the O's without much penetration. And then you were listening to Oze and you spotted that the England sea assistant manager was there. Yeah, so uh, he joined Dave Victor and uh, Matt Hiscock on uh, Ozone and um, he said he likes to look at Miles Judd. He's also looking at Charlie Granger. He said because they're not blessed with many goalkeepers under 23 below the Football League. Yeah. So, you know, an interesting opportunity potentially for Charlie and Miles at a later point because they've just done their big down to their when they call everybody in and yeah. then trim it back okay. uh, and they said they've got to get it down to 16 I think Sam Ling was involved in the first sort of three day camp they did at Lillishaw so yeah so potential uh, for the future so the attendance was 2013 which is a, a decent, decent for a Tuesday yeah. evening at such short notice with 480 away which is also very decent that's not bad actually I'll just that say it but that's not really bad de- yeah that yeah. is a really decent number no subs for us at half time yep second half 52nd minute good run and pull back from Ferrier led to an opportunity for Akinberry. He is shot just wide of the post. And in the 53rd minute, Caprice got to a decent position, went to cross it. It kind of swerved in the wind and almost ended up in the top corner. Keep right. having to tip it over. Okay. So, okay. Uh, and then I guess one of the main talking points from the match in the 57th minute, it looked for me like so, yeah. a certain penalty. <laughs> okay. From where first, I was. first, first off, you think that's a penalty? Yeah. So okay. Mooney got brought down by the keeper um, after being played in. Got booked for simulation. Got booked for the third time this season for simulation, yes. David Mooney. So maybe his reputation going against do you think there. That, do you think that? Do you think that's happening? Or do you think referees are judging it on merit? I think... Because there's a few... I think, Mooney sees, it, I think Mooney sees it coming. And anticipates it. Anticipates it. Anticipation. Yeah. It, it, there was definitely contact there, but I think Mooney sees it coming. Because you, you can see the keeper slight, like diving in on it. On him. Um... But it should have been given for me and he was unlucky to get booked for that one. Okay. I think maybe you could say he's, well there was one against Aldershot I think maybe that you're thinking he's gone down far too easy there which yeah. might, might be the right decision but I thought he was unlucky uh, against Dagenham anyway to get booked but at this point it was a much livelier second half both teams going through it. Okay. Both sets of fans being a bit more vocal Okay. and it was turned into a really good cup time in the 69th minute Granger saved superbly from a Robson shot after the ball came to him in an area really good save there from Charlie he got good distance on his punch out which is really good to see. Good. And it's just a minute later, it's yeah. almost 2-0. James Dayton, he had the ball outside the box. They didn't put him under any pressure and he shot just wide. Yeah. Should have scored? Maybe. Maybe. He was carrying it forward and no one was going to him and the crowd was starting to go shoot to him and he kept running but no one was going to him so he, he let it fly. I think he had it covered. 71st minute straight after, there was end-to-end stuff. Daggers got in a good position but there was nobody at the end of a cross it was a great cross it was one of those where if a man was at the back post it's an easy finish but there's no one there no one was there. thankful and in the 72nd minute Bond does brilliantly to get the ball to Mooney in the box 
who just needed to finish it first time, but he took a touch when he didn't really <coughs> need to, and the touch was slightly too heavy, okay. and the chance was gone. But it was good interplay there, and the whole evening, I say, between Mooney and Bond. Obviously, okay. got the goal yeah. between Mooney and Bond. The penalty incident was Bond to Mooney, and that was Bond to Mooney again. So you can see there, them to be developing Understanding. quite well. Okay. And 76 minute, Clark gets a book in. For a late yeah. challenge in the corner. He, that was quite a horrific challenge, wasn't it? He took his man out. His man was about four times the size of him and he goes in both feet, takes him out. So well done, Michael Clark. I think there's <laughs> a few of the Douglas fans ran down it was almost by the corner end, flag. Yeah. But I thought Michael Clark had a blinding game. I guess we'll come and speak about Clark a bit later on. Okay. Henry um, Ocheng then comes on uh, for James Dayton, which you I made a comment yeah, about. Yeah, I thought it was a bit odd at the time, but maybe he was just trying to shore up the, the, the field back line. Up, yeah. Back line, obviously Dayton's more attacking and Henry was sitting back a bit. In the 85th minute, Granger again does well, pushed a hard shot from Ferrier over the bar. And at this point, Dagenham were just going for it. We were sitting back a bit more, and you can tell Dagenham were just launching it. And it was turning into a bit of a nervy last five minutes. Okay. Uh, 86 minute, dangerous cross came in from Dagenham. Superbly cut out by Wooderson, who just managed to flick it on with his head. If he didn't, one of their men was literally behind Wooderson, who would have just taken it down and would have shot. Wooderson done fantastic and was having a really good game. Yeah. As was Judd at this point, what I noted. Then the ball went up for five minutes of injury time. And in the 90th minute, probably the best save for me of the game, Granger made another fantastic save from Ferrier, who got the ball towards the left-hand side of the goal and goes for the far post. Really good effort. And Granger manages to get his fingertips to it and save it well. That was going bottom corner. I thought that was a fantastic save and no more than Granger deserved. We're taking a tweet here from George Sessions in the 94th minute saying, a stunning cross by Ferrier and Cheap looks destined to score, but his header hits Widowson from close range. And in the 95th minute, we'll take it from wow, the official absolutely, yeah. Twitter feed, who says, Clarky, what a block from the defender. So he comes flying into denial and Barry as he lined up a shot in the area. I mean, the defence was brilliant. Everyone bodies put on their the bodies on the line. That's and what you want. That is, as an Orient fan, is probably what we haven't seen happen in the last couple of years. So it was fantastic to see the defending like that. And I did think we had a bit of luck on our side on Tuesday night. That Normally, the luck has gone against us the last yes. couple of games. But yes. I think on Tuesday, it was with us. Then the 96th minute... Zane Westbrook came on for Romo Boko and that was it the final whistle yeah. went a huge sigh of relief you can see the final whistle on our timeline on Twitter yeah. we periscope live uh, and we were through to the next round of the FA Cup which is fantastic which means that we get to play as we've mentioned before jilling of away it's not usually one to uh, to get excited about but we've kept back to back clean sheets this season for the first time uh, obviously we drew Dagenham 0-0 uh, on uh, last week's Saturday uh, and then obviously taking them back to our place uh, and then uh, winning 1-0 is really, really, you know, steps in the right direction for us. But after the match, you caught up with Steve Davis. I haven't heard this yet, so I'd be interested to hear this. You caught up with Steve uh, and uh, man of the match, man of the moment, yeah. Macaulay Bond. So should we hear from, Fine, from Steve I've not first? played this back. You might hear me try and corner Steve Davis before the interview starts. If you do, don't worry about it. Just okay. Just corner him. Okay, two seconds. Yeah. Steve, so that was a proper cup tie. What, what pleased you the most about the performance this evening? The way we competed. In, in a, it was a, you know, it's a derby. We, we, we approached the game in, in that respect, gave them respect, but at the same time, closed them down and worked hard, stopped them playing. And, and yet in these games, you've got to stand up, be counted and compete. And that was the, you know, do the horrible bits. And I think in a derby, you've got to do that. And you've got to show that to the crowd that, the, that you care and you want to get through. And, we did that tonight, and when we had the ball, we, we passed it and we played some good football. I think two clean sheets obviously have been, been touched upon. I think 
what your thoughts on Charlie Grange? I think he made some superb saves during the evening. It must be great for his confidence. I think the last two games have been his best. Uh, I thought he was excellent on Saturday. Um, he made a terrific save to his right with a header. Second half, great save. And his distribution's getting better. Um, hopefully he can keep going in the right direction. You know, he's going to make mistakes and we've got to stay with him and, and support him in that. And at the moment, you know, he's, he's, um, he's hit a really good vein of form and hopefully that'll continue. McCauley Bond, which is well on him, gets his first goal in a while, must be delighted for McCauley. Yeah, you know what he's like, you know what happened last time, he got that goal and he went on a run of, a run of scoring, so hopefully that kickstarts his, his um, scoring thing again. He just gets into good positions and, you know, he's not always going to hit the target, but he just gets in good positions and tonight he was at the right place at the right time. And just to finish on, going into Saturday against Macclesfield, league leaders, a bit of a selection headache potentially with the youth coming through, some great performances from Clark, yep. Happy, yep. Judd. Yeah, I, I hope I have a headache because I haven't really had one this season too much. Only the start of the season when um, when everybody was fit. But you know, from that first three or four games, we've you know we gradually lost players. Um, but you know, it's pleasing that the players have come in. Have um, over the last two or three games have done well, and that's the sort of competition you need if you're going to be successful as a, as a club. Um, you need good competition, and the pleasing things that a lot of those players that have come in there, local lads that have come through the system, which is great for the club and um, tonight they did the club proud. So those were the thoughts there of Steve Davis. Uh, so it was great to catch up with Steve. So I'd yeah. like to thank you to Steve and to Charlie for sorting out the interview. I managed to catch up with Macaulay Bond very quickly because uh, by this time it was quite late in the evening. So here's what Macaulay Bond had to say uh, following uh, his goal. And this is only 34 seconds. Yeah, so, yeah. He speaks very quickly Macaulay so don't blink or you'll miss it. Cheers Macaulay, congrats on your goal. Just talk us through it. What do you remember about the goal? It hit in my stud and just falling in the back of the net slowly. I was watching it with slow motion. I like, please don't say anything. Say, well, I hit the net. I just, just big sigh of relief. Like, I've needed it for weeks and it's come. So it's going to kick start me off again to score more goals. And now going into Saturday, confident you can get more? Oh, of course. I never, I never doubt myself for scoring goals. I haven't scored the last few weeks, but I'm in the, I'm in the areas. I'm taking the chance. I'm now to the chances, but I'm, I've never doubted once doubted myself that I can't score goals. I know my person. Well, I, I'm a goal scorer. I'm going to, I'm going to, I know myself being a lot of confidence and arrogance in the game. If you're going to be a striker, I'm going to go score more goals. So short and sweet there from McCauley Bond. So again, thank you to the club for sorting it out. It was great to speak to Steve and McCauley uh, after. Yeah, after the match. and well done for getting that. So um, we've heard from Steve and McCauley now. Let's hear, uh, yeah, I'll give you my views first then. Um, I wasn't there, but um, we bloody won. We've got <laughs> He's a only got game. a bloody done it. Um, very happy about that. Delighted with what sounded like a decent performance to a man. First win in nine, two clean sheets and a solitary goal should really be the building blocks we need uh, to push on. Although Macclesfield certainly won't be uh, an easy game. It sounded, as we mentioned before, people, players putting bodies on the line, really putting in a shift which is what you need to win games at this level or really indeed at any level. So, you know, really pleasing. Um, and we go on now to, to Gillingham. Could be a, a nice welcome distraction from the troubles that we're having yeah. in the league. But, Fine. you know, main focus will always be the league. But it's nice to have the cup as well. Yeah, absolutely. For me, it was a really enjoyable cup tie with a nerve-wracking last 10 minutes uh, to end it on. Start with some nice passing, but without really doing much. I think that's probably been a common theme during the yeah, season. Looks sadly. all right, but can't do much of it. But you know, I think at the time it was a deserved lead through Bond. So good to see Bond score a goal, good finish, good link up play with Mooney, good partnership there. I made a note saying that's the first time I'd seen the five three two or the three five two live in a match, and I quite liked it. It seemed to be working well. Jake uh, and Judd down the flanks looked good, offering themselves all night and seemed to be playing into their strengths a bit. And I thought Clark, Happy, and Willison were all great. Like we've mentioned, they all put their bodies on the line and 
Clark and Happy, especially being youngsters, fought them really well against quite a physical and decent front line from Dagenham. Mm-hmm. Uh, Clay looked suited a bit deeper in midfield, and obviously that gives Bocco and Dayton a bit more freedom to push up the pitch. So I like that. I thought Granger was exceptional. I thought he was really good. I think Steve said the last two games were his best coming out of the Dagenham Rebbish Cup, so I would agree with that. I thought he was really good all night, which is good. Crowd got behind the team in the second half and delighted we made it through. And a credit to Stephen Ross for the way they set the team up. So hopefully, I ended up saying we use this as a springboard for our season. Absolutely. So those were our views. Yeah. Uh, let's get a few views that we had in from social media. Lennon4 said, players showed guts and determination throughout. They wanted that win so badly and produced a great performance. Bring on Gillingham. Yeah, El Hangel says, another clean sheet. The Judd effect. Yeah, Wellsio said, younger squad does it again. Judd makes a difference. A bit of luck for once. Whatever it is, a great win and a turning point. Yeah, Kevin Cowden says, get in. Dave is out, question mark. Drop Granger, question mark. The result and the performance should silence the negative moaners. We were magnificent all over the pitch. James O'Hagan said, as for Clark, that tackle was immense. Never mind his absolute poleaxe of a foul on a guy twice his size earlier. Lad has no fear. i tell you what, that was a challenge and a half. I wouldn't even make that challenge on someone smaller than me. Well played, Michael Clark. Really? Straight in there, mate. Janine Adelman says, wow, what an fa- enjoyable game and a win. Fantastic performance from our youngsters in defence. Everyone put in a real shift and so glad that we went. Down, double underscore, south said, Judd, Happy, Clark and Ochang all top class tonight. Minor errors but showed that our youth can easily play at this level. Yeah, Steve Jones, 177, says, for someone who hasn't got a clue tactically... Davis's switch to a free at the back seems to be a great tactical decision. Lee uh, Maddenavi said, about time a little luck was on our side. Wonder if Mooney's reputation for diving went against him tonight, which is what you said earlier. We said that a couple of games, a couple of, well, when he first got it. Yeah, I mean, the highlights are available to view, I think on Ozone, I think on the Dagenham and Redbridge YouTube channel as well. So if you've not seen the penalty incident, go go and give it a look. Yes. It's one of those where you've seen given or not given. I thought Mooney personally was very unlucky in okay. that situation. At Deer Stuce is a vital win, a clean sheet, and the boys will be raring to go again on Saturday. I like the 3-5-2, and what a tackle from Clark at the end. Good to see Clark getting some plaudits for Agreed. the evening. Yeah? I like, I'm liking the 3-5-2. I think it seems to suit us. It, it, I think it, we've it, got it the does. personnel that that suits quite well. Pierce Race Team said, Big shout to Granger, who made some excellent stops, especially in the second half with a rowdy Dagenham crowd behind him. Yeah, and the final word in on Dagenham Redbridge goes to at Reedy QB9, who says, A good game, all 11, and plus I tune played well. Couldn't fault a single one of them tonight. Shout out to Clark for tackle of the season in the wow. 94th minute. So again, thank you for all your tweets. These are all tweets that come into at Orient Outlook. So we're not taking tweets randomly off Twitter. These are all tweets that come in to our Twitter account. Yeah. And just because we mentioned them, did do the disclaimer at the beginning, doesn't mean we necessarily agree, agree with them. So thank you to everyone who's engaged uh, with us. Uh, all week yeah uh, prediction league update so well done to CM Oriental at George Girks at Only One Orient Alan McClarwan at Leon Oresti who all predicted 1-0 to the Orient but an even bigger well done to Matty LOFC Evans at Lenin4 at Unexpected Item O who all predicted 1-0 to Orient with Bond to score and to get the bonus well played, points Full table and roundup will follow at the end of this episode. So that is Dagenham Redbridge in the FA Cup done. We are through. We're playing Gillingham in the first round proper. That'll probably be fourth that, of November. That is November, confirmed now. Yeah, not on TV. Saturday, fourth of November, three pm kickoff. Paul is away. I'll be at the airport to meet him to get book back his early ticket <laughs> and to take him to Gillingham. To so. Watch that. 
Wednesday the 18th. Yeah, Wednesday the 18th. I made my debut solo interview appearance well on the yeah. Heed Army podcast, which is a fan-run Gateshead podcast. Who knew? Who knew? Huh? Who knew? Yeah. Who knew? I wonder how many other. I should. We should probably as we podcasters. Should. We should yeah. probably know what the uh, the rest of the league are doing. Yeah. So that was a Gateshead fan-run podcast. We spoke about uh, the forthcoming match on Tuesday. You yeah. can listen to that on iTunes, and they have a Twitter account at Heed underscore Army. I come in in about the forty-fifth minute, I and I good. speak about ten minutes about Orient. It was okay, actually. Yeah, it was I okay. It was good. So if anyone's bored. Wants to listen to what we had to say. Uh, what Jake? just fast forward to, to the forty fifth minute? To be fair, you don't need to listen yeah, to yeah, the I mean. guff that they go through. It's not <laughs> structured. It's not as structured as ours. But I would say though, like they're very hopeful about any manager. And I guess we'll come on to it when we talk about next week's fixtures. Yeah. They have they are in a good place at the moment. Gateshead Premier League player yeah. Thursday the nineteenth of October. Then we move on. Jamie Sendles White and Michael Clark do a teammates video for the official uh, club uh, channels. Another great video from the club. Definitely one to watch. I actually thought they were quite cutting about a couple of players so um, yeah that's one to watch if you do have Ozone um, watch it if you don't get Ozone yeah good plug at my at Friday 24 October another Mooney Friday Mooney Friday yeah it was a quiet Mooney Friday this one nothing to report Orient, don't mind that Outlook Tower it was always nice to have a day off Absolutely. But then on Saturday the 21st of October, the under-18s lost, unfortunately, 1-0 at home to Stevenage. Yeah, I think Stevenage is having a very good season. I think they are. Under- so, not a bad result there. And in, in the afternoon, the National League leaders Macclesfield came to Brisbane Road in the National League and the Leighton Orient Trust held their Mental Health Awareness Day. So, well done to the Trust there uh, for being involved in that activity. And I'm sure when we get the next... Trust update, Howard and the team will mention that, but it was good Absolutely. to see the Trust working well there. So the team was announced, Granger in goal, and Caprice, Ellis, Happy, Willowson and Judd at the back, with Clay, Dayton and Bocco in midfield, and Mooney and Bond up front, and back to five subs for this one, with Sergeant in goal, Clark, Westbrook, Brophy and Satoru making up the bench. Yeah, so just the one change then from the starting 11 against Dagenham and Redbridge earlier in the week as Mark Ellis comes into central defence in place of Michael Clark, who was dropped to the bench. Yeah, so my views on the team, probably as expected, but Clark, for me, can consider himself unlucky to be benched after Tuesday's match, but I can see why Clark was dropped. Obviously, Ellis a bit more experienced, a bit fresher, coming in not playing 90 minutes on Tuesday. They get up against the league leaders who've been scoring for fun. So, all... Although Clark had a great match, I do kind of see the point behind it. Although yeah. I guess Clark Campbell agreed. But you'd, yeah, you'd want to feel consistency plays a, a bigger part yeah. somewhere along the line. And as yeah. it transpires, that it probably wasn't the best decision. Uh, I agree with you uh, about Clark on that. One tweet that we had that came in from Gorillas1985 said, No Mac enough in the squad. Feel sorry for Clark after his heroics on Tuesday night to get dropped to the bench. Satoru ahead of Dolby. And yeah. Karoma. So it's interesting that the Ross and Steve are trying different players and rewarding players that deserve the opportunity to be in the yeah, first I mean, team because it's not a right that you get no, of in not. the team. Um, it's a privilege. I mean, we spoke about Satori on episode 118 and yeah. kind of Ross mentioned with Ross included. Yeah. So it looks like, the, you know, Rawls got a, a big future and we hope he has. So bit of drama before kickoff. Is yeah. it energy bet hoarding blew off the North Stand? causing the North Stand to be evacuated. So the entire North Stand will move over to the East Stand, East Stand which right. looked packed. Yeah, um, That's always nice. And two blokes went up onto the roof, I presume they're health and safety officials or firemen or whatever, and got the hoarding down. So the kickoff got delayed by about 20 to 25 minutes. So we kicked towards the South Stand um, in the first half, in front okay. of a very busy East Stand, um, and no one in the North Stand. Okay, first 15... Unfortunately, again, I couldn't make this one. Um, first 15 minutes, not 
sorry, first 15 minutes, not really that much to talk about. Bit no. of possession on our part. Bit like Dagon Rebridge. Bit like Dagon Rebridge match. Nice possession, not really doing much up front of it. We're looking okay. right passing. Uh, Macclesfield, not much of the ball, but you can see they've got a good counter attack and you can see they're all well drilled and where they're supposed to go. They work as a team. They all know where the other players are going as someone that has possession. So you can see why they're doing well. And in the 15th minute, ball got played into Bond around the back of the Macclesfield defence. He was in a really good possession. His touch first touch was a bit heavy. Uh, and XO's Loney Sean Jalal. If you remember Jalal. I do remember. He was terrible <laughs> for us. He was at Bournemouth and they loaned him to us. He, he did. was awful for us. He was. He came out, uh, won, won the ball. There were pills for a penalty, but I, I don't think it was a penalty. But Jalal got injured in the collision and had to come off in the 19th minute. He did okay. get applauded off the pitch by most people, which I thought was a nice touch. Because like you said, he was awful for us. Yeah. Um, but he was a good goalkeeper while he was at Bournemouth, to be fair. He came to us and he was shocking. He was absolutely shocking. Yeah, so on came Sam Ramsbottom, right, subs keeper, on his debut. Never played a proper match before. So I looked at the Macclesfield Twitter feed for this. He comes off for his debut. So you're thinking, right, he looked quite small when he came on. You're thinking, this kid ain't going to be that great. Or you think you put him under pressure, see what the kid's made of. Obviously, substitute keeper from Macclesfield. How little did we know now? Yeah. 21st minute, first chance of the game. It's from a corner. Mooney, the ball came to Mooney, who had his back to go inside the six-yard box. Tried to flick it over him. And Ramsbottom saved well. For me, I'm surprised more people aren't picking up on Mooney there. I thought that was a really, really good opportunity. And Mooney didn't really connect with it very well. And if he did, that's a goal. Right. So I think Mooney could have done better there although the keeper done well to save it I was surprised when he didn't connect with that better that was a really good chance and we come on to other chances in the game that probably would get spoken about more right but, but that, one, that one's quite a key well that one's your forward with his back to goal just outside the six yard box so for me I think we should have been doing better but just a minute later we should have made it 1-0 really Caprice at this stage was flying down the wings Macclesfield couldn't cope with him he was literally gunning down the wing uh, he nutmegged his man first really well Crossed the ball in and Judd was coming at the far post completely unmarked at a slight angle and you're thinking just head it into the far corner to keep on and get there. But he heads it. I think he was looking for goal or he's looking to pass it and he just heads it back across goal nowhere. Massive let off. If you think if that lands to Mooney or Bon or any midfielder, that's a goal. Yeah, um, but it should it shouldn't be that way. It should be you you know you you're in that place. You've made the effort to get to that point to of to be on the end of that, and you think you've got in your head be imagine envisioning yourself heading that into the back of the net. Yeah, I mean, but I don't think Judd's ever scored a goal for the first team. I might be wrong. It it might have been Nurse might have got to him at the final moment. He might have seen his life flashing before his eyes. Closed his eyes. Yeah, yeah, but Ucha. should have really been one up from those two chances. Okay, and two attempts from really followed in the thirty for thirty third minutes. So he had a header from inside the area saved and then turned the shot over the bar. And then in the 39th minute, James Dayton also saw his shot saved. And like I've said to you, at this point, if you didn't know who was top and who was 18th, I don't think you would have been able to say, Orient are definitely 18th here. We were matching them and looking good. But and I was saying at this point, we need to make sure we keep our concentration. Right, okay. I was saying... Because it, you think we're getting towards half-time, well, we're on top. Typical Orient that we have been known to lapse in concentration between yep. this period of the match. And I was saying we really need to make sure we concentrate. And we started getting a little bit sloppy. There was a few misplaced passes. Started going a bit woo at points. Four minutes of injury time got added. In the 45th minute, Danny Whitehead, who was starting to become more influential in the game, their number 18, was really good actually. He thought he was a good player. Looked up and you could see he was going to try and launch it in the far corner. And you're thinking... He won't, he won't do this. He won't connect with it well. And he did. And Granger made a fantastic save to get there. And he okay. pushed it out again. He got the ball out of danger. So again, really good goalkeeping there. Good. And then in the 49th minute, 
with half-time fast approaching, Macclesfield scored, took the lead as Elliot Durrell, who I thought had a really good game, put in a sublime cross. It was one of those crosses that's in between the centre-backs <laughs> and the keeper. It puts the keeper in a difficult position whether to come for it or not. Because sometimes you've got to, haven't you? Just... Sometimes you've got to, but I thought... I've not seen any of the goals back, so I'm obviously speaking from memory. I thought it was a really good cross and it left their man, Wilson, Scott Wilson, with a simple header who took his chance but took it well and put it in. No chance for Granger for me, but I've not seen that goal back, so I don't know if I'm being too nice with Granger or if I'm being too harsh on the centre-backs who maybe could have done better because obviously you've got three centre-backs. So yeah, it'd be interesting to see that goal again. It's a great typical, tweet. Typical for us though. To, typical to, to switch to off. And so, it was at so, a vital moment. It was so hard on us because I thought we played really well up until that point. Up until the 45th minute I thought we were doing really well but yeah. when it's going against you it goes against yeah. you. Matt Bristow tweeted not to us but we took it anyway. He said <laughs> LOFC 8th goal conceded between the 31st, 31st and 45th minute. Only Geisley have conceded more in this time. Concentration levels have cost Orient again as they've been the better side in the first half. I mean, that sums it up for me. Absolutely. And at half-time, you've written a pretty good half as we look comfortable for most of it, but one defensive lapse, and we find ourselves a goal down. Mooney and Judd should have done better with their chances. And then Bradley Ackers has tweeted us, Bradley Ackers95 said, dominate for 44 minutes, losing at half-time, same old Orient. Nothing will change till change is enforced. It's up to the board now. So early signs of frustration yeah. and um, really sort of... I think we're going to come to it in, in, yeah, in a few of the later up, tweets yeah. that you know it, people are just not, not satisfied with what management are doing. Yeah, absolutely. So the attendance was 4,562 with just 193 Macclesfield fans. I mean, what a strong home crowd we've got. Amazing. Uh, Again, top, uh, top crowd in the conference yesterday. By not a surprise. By quite some distance. Probably double and, or triple. And it was a horrible day yesterday. Like, it was horrible, windy. it was windy. It was just not a nice day. So fantastic to see the crowd sticking behind the team. Yeah, really good to see. First 15 minutes in the second half then. So we were finding it hard. We were attacking into the wind. So there's a few forward passes that were going out of play. Okay. Seemed to lose it a bit coming out of the second sort half. Overhit, yeah. yeah. Okay. Mac was sort of looking pretty comfortable. In the 55th minute, it's nice to see some fans applause uh, as a tribute to Chinkford John as it yeah. was 50. Do you remember that? Game uh, yeah, 150,000 pounds. So the youth team. Yeah, really good to see. So I, I, it wasn't an official round of applause but it was visible you could visibly hear in the 55th minute which was nice to see and in the 59th minute Steve Davis makes a double sub as James Brophy and Sane Westbrook came on for Robbie Bocco and Mark Ellis and we changed shape to go 4-4-2 so for me it was good to see Steve Davis do the subs earlier something that we haven't seen him do before we called it last week though didn't we we said to Ross you know mate for me I'd like it to be done I don't understand why it's so late do you reckon Ross has gone back to Steve and said look I was on the podcast Paul Sunday. knows what he's talking about Paul, Steve knows what he's Paul talking about Paul said start about. Bocco and that worked for us now get your subs in earlier so let's do that yeah and he's done mate, two out of and it may be I mean it's uncharacteristic I would say for Steve Davis to yeah. do that um, so fair play from going for it earlier I was surprised he changed his shape I was going to say the yeah. game, but I guess to bring Brophy into the game he has to go 4-4-2 because Brophy you weren't going to take Judd off because Judd's playing well you're not going to take Caprice off because I thought Caprice was playing well although some tweets said they he wasn't but I thought he was doing alright so the only way you can bring Brophy in I presume is to go 4-4-2 in my eyes but I was surprised he'd done that because I thought that we were still having the better of possession we were still looking okay but not offering much up front so I was surprised we didn't see Satoru come on a bit earlier in that case so fair enough 62nd minute again probably the chance everyone's talking about as Macaulay Bond was unmarked in the box quite central cross found him he was literally 
about six to ten yards away from goal, dead middle, no one near him, up early, maybe a bit too early, headed at the keeper. Not a lot of pace on the ball. Used to go either sides, right? Yeah, real simple header, really frustrating. Uh, so the rebound came to Mooney, couldn't pull it in. By that point, Maxwell defence were back on Mooney, and the ball went out for I think a goal kick. You've got to score on those chances. We were saying you've got to be clinical in both boxes, and we switched off for them to concede. And that's three chances with the Mooney, Judd, and Bond. Well, you need to score at least one of those, especially against the league leaders. And we have yeah. real good charts now for me. In the 69th minute, Satoru came on to make his home debut in place of David Mooney. The Alm band went to Danny Hap, who worked for about two minutes, and then gave it to Joe Woodlesson. It's a bit like pass to parcel. A little bit. Right, okay. And then in the 71st minute? Yeah, David had a great effort. Brilliantly saved by Ramsbottom. Right. He going, he was on four minutes. Yeah, yeah. Like he's out to impress, isn't he? He wants yeah. to make that shirt his. Same old, same old. His. Same 76th same minute though, chance for, for 2-0 as Durrell gets in behind Miles Judd who does well not to concede a penalty. Yeah, I was listening to that. I think Durrell did. got in behind Judd and slowed himself down and thought, Judd's going to take me out here. And Judd didn't. So credit to Judd. A lot of defenders would have just been abrupt would have taken him out. He didn't. So he's let uh, Durrell make room for the shot. It was either let him make room for the shot and hope Granger does you well or go in on him and concede a penalty. So he right. didn't. Granger done really well again. Stood up big. Didn't show his man much of the goal and save with his legs. Good save there. And good. that Jarrell player was a pretty good player. But as we were going more forward, we were leaving more gaps to expose ourselves. So Maxwell were also having more chances at this point. Right. Okay. More open game. Fair enough. In the 84th minute, nice build-up play. Saw so clay pass to Brophy, who put in a great cross for Bond. But the ball, I think, hit Bond as he was sliding in. Went wide. Didn't really trouble the goalkeeper. Um, and then in the 86th minute, chance, yeah, yeah, Marsh really should have done better there. Some Marsh had a great chance. Put it wide in a good position. Okay, and then five minutes of injury time have played out and really should be 2-0 in the 91st minute. That man, Durrell, again, ran at the O's defence, which he literally cut through really, it really easily. Opened, didn't it just a bit like Dayton, choosing the right against Dayton. He was running and it just opened and he's running and no one's going to him. You're right, and, and then, then Judd tackles Judd and the tackles ball, ball falls to Marsh. I felt at the time Marsh might have thought he was offside because he literally comes to him. He just like scooped it well over the bar and you're like, mate, that was an easy chance. You should have I don't know what he was doing there, but okay, didn't score, doesn't play for us, so I don't really care. Yeah, uh, and that's that to be the last chance of the game, mate. As the full time whistle went, and the O's lost one to Macclesfield, and a few boos ringing out around Brisbane Road. So after the match, Steve Davis spoke to Dave Victor, and he said, "Too many are underperforming now, and I'm sick of saying the same things. Lack of concentration, need to show more fight." We didn't show the fight that they did, and we're carrying. We were carrying six to seven players today. Poor decision making, but there's plenty of life and endeavour in me. We need players that are prepared to fight and play well. Those players will know what I thought about the performance. Lots of possession and crosses, but no desire to put it into the net. And for me, it's a really furious and frustrated Steve Davis. But good to see his passion, whether it's. I don't know, there's this thing whether it's right that they dig players out or not. I mean, I don't think you need to be a football fan or a tactical genius to understand that if you've got more percentage possession that you should be doing more with it. And when you've got chances in, in your attacking box, you need to be putting them away and you need to be stopping you know what's going in in your goal football is a very simple game you score more than you can see you win a game of football it's not that difficult and I personally don't have a problem with Steve coming out and saying how frustrated he is I think it shows passion I think it shows he cares I think managers need to be careful though i.e. Ian Hendon done the same when we won do you remember yes we when we lost it was Dave 
So I think managers, there's a fine line to mm. say, but I was quite surprised at that, really. It's fair comment. Uh, I didn't think we were, I thought we were, a few might have been carried. I don't think we were carrying six or seven. For me, I'm, I presume that's aimed at the midfield and attack. I thought Grange had done well. I thought, for me, Caprice and Judd done well. And I like, I think, Wardowson and Happy done well. So everyone else might take that on board, potentially. Right. I don't know, but like you said, good to see the passion in Steve and just as frustrated as we all are. Which is right. Yeah, if he said, oh, I don't really care. If he, if he had this real nonchalant, don't really care attitude, then you think he's not got the dressing room, he's not interested in being here, and then we'd be back to square one with no manager. So yeah, I mean, we're, we're seeing the same things every week, and so is Steve Davis. And it was a shame, actually, because it kicked off so late. We normally go to the press interviews. It would have been good to speak to Steve, but because it kicked off so late, we, I, had to, I had to leave, unfortunately. It would have been good to get a bit more detail about what he was trying to say there. Fair enough. So the league table, that that defeat meant that we slipped to 18th as we'd played 16, won five, drawn three, but lost eight. We've now got 18 points with a goal difference of minus six. Paul's so, got his fist clenched as he's saying that. It's amazing. <laughs> no, that's because I was tapping on the table. Um, so yeah, goal difference of minus six. Your views on yesterday? Yeah, my views on yesterday, I don't think I'm a happy clapper. I might be wrong. I don't think I'm a, one of those everything's wonderful people, but... I actually think we played all right in that match, especially in the first half. I think, if, like I said, if Mooney or Judd score their chances, it's a completely different game. If Bonnie equalises, it's a completely different game. But same old Orient, you know, because see the goal right on the edge of half-time due to switching off in defence. Second half wasn't as good as the first, but Bon has to do better for me with his chance. And their keeper's made a good save from Dayton. I thought, you know, with better finishes and a better final ball, there was quite a few chances yesterday where we got ourselves into good positions and the final ball just let us down right at the end. They were either over here or under here, or people just take their foot off the gas at the vital point. Okay. We could have won that, you know. We were playing the league leaders. So and they didn't really seem to offer that much from... No, like, but they were just very well drilled, and they worked as a team. Yeah. And they, you know, there's something about them. I thought Johnny Caprice done well. I thought Happy and Wooderson done well. Westbrook looked okay when he came on. I thought he'd done all right, actually. So they played to him. Um, and Brophy done well as well, putting some nice crosses and seemed to link up well with Judd, like running, getting around the back of Judd and Judd getting around the back of him. Up front, though, I think we need more, to be honest. For some reason, at the moment, it doesn't seem to be working for Mooney and Bond. Like I say, as a centre-forward and a confident young man, like we heard in his clip before, has to score in those situations for me. Yeah. You? Yeah, no, I'm, I am you know, take on board what you say. Again, for me, lapses in concentration and switching off at vital times are really killing our season. It sounds like we had a really decent first half. We had a lot of possession in the second, but didn't really create anywhere near enough chances. When we did create a chance, it wasn't taken. Uh, and going back to what I've said before, we have to be more clinical in both boxes. Not to single out one player, but sort of hearing Craig Clay mentioned a lot, but not really in a positive way. And as Ross said last week, the midfield are crucial to our game. And if they are weak, then really it's game over. We need them to help with defence and we need them to springboard our attacks as well. So players really, I think, in my view, need to really take a long, hard, serious look at themselves. I think they really need to start putting in some top draw performances, some real sort of bodies on the line type performances a la Dagenham and Redbridge. And I, I think uh, hand on heart, if some of them looked in the mirror and said, actually, I could do better, I think that would be very honest of them. Yeah. And I think if anyone seriously in that squad, if everyone seriously thinks they're doing their best, I think there are a lot that are, but I still think there are a handful that aren't. And I think that some ideas need to be bucked up um, and, and they need to come out and, and start putting in performances not just for themselves but for the manager who showed faith in them 
and is trying to do his best. But yeah. that's not trying to sound like I'm happy clappy either. But there's only so much that you can do if you're yeah, switching yeah. off at vital moments. That's not Steve's fault. So or Ross's fault or Danny's fault or whoever else. So yeah, I think the players need to have a little chat with themselves really as well. Cool. Nice and one. improve for Tuesday night. Cool. So those were our views. Again, loads of your views in. So these are all tweets that came in to at Orient Outlook. So first of all, from Ian K. Richardson, who says the definition of same old, same old, equal late in Orient, who dominate the first half, don't score, concede, and then there's no way back. At Evan O's fan said, time for a change, dangerously slipping down the table and no sign of stopping. Yeah, at CM Oriental says, simply not good enough. It's slowly turning into a relegation battle. Some of the players are simply not up to conference standard. At the occasional one said, sack him now, and I mean now. He wasn't the answer at the start, isn't now, and won't be in the future. Step forward, Chris Powell. Pay the man and get him in. I think you've got no chance of Chris Powell, but, you know, I don't even think it's worth responding to that. No, at Kid Sampson, oh, says, I said it a couple of months ago, I got pelters for it, but this is a dreadful O side who play excruciating football with an inept manager. Very harsh. Richie J. Bourne said, Davis playing the wrong style of play for this league. Build-up play takes too long. Are we as improving as a team? No. He might have a... I think Richie J. Bourne might have a point. We, we are trying to play football the right way, but sometimes you don't need to do that in this league. You can go route one, yeah. score a goal, sit back, which is what teams are doing to us. We went route one when Satoru came on. But Satoru's not a big bloke. He's not But we started getting a bit desperate. Yeah, like towards the last 10 minutes. It started going long ball. Long ball doesn't really work for us. Not with Bomb and not with Satoru, not with Mooney. Might work better with Howard, but Howard's not available. Yeah. Um, but yeah, good points there. And sometimes the build-up play is quite slow. There was a few passes yesterday where we got into good positions and we played the wrong pass. There was a okay. few times where Judd's made a brilliant run and not been seen, where Mooney's got his back to him, or Bond's got his back to him, or Dane's got his back to him, and the same with Caprice, and they've played a different pass. where you're thinking, just play the better pass which they haven't seen for strain Steve LOFC says I was pro Davis and I give him time merchant until today but no progress seems to be made okay Daz Hodge said 2-2 away at Barrow 180 minutes clean sheet versus league top scorers lose 1-0 to league leaders yeah sack the manager yeah and that tweet got a few a lot of replies that was quite a, a quite an engaging tweet for a lot of people at Orient Boy says four straight home league defeats 14 points behind the leaders why was Clark left out very disappointing. <clears throat> Chance now we will get sucked into a relegation battle. I've not stopped looking at the table in terms of relegation, but I think we're six points ahead of the team at the who top are end from of right. Yeah, okay. Vince Howard simply says, from the manager downwards, they simply ain't good enough. Yeah, do you pedal underscore TW? says, both teams were fairly even, but the amount of chances we had, we should have put them away. Brophy made a difference when he came on and made some great runs. At Marcus Mainers said, genuinely disappointing, didn't look like there was a plan going forward, didn't look like there was any belief once we went behind. There's a point there about the belief, like obviously with no Lee, no Elikobi, no Coulson, there's a lot of people saying a lack of leaders, which, yeah, you can probably say that is that they are fair comments because yeah. there's not someone who's Ging the players up and getting back. And, you know, Wooderson, for example, was our captain. Wooderson's played, what, 17, 18 games for the club? There's no one like mucking up on the pitch or those characters who we need at that moment in time. Sky Ellis 666 says would have been an immense win if we'd achieved it today there's no disgrace in this result given the current form of the visitors a positive tweet I think they had won sorry yesterday's result meant they'd won 8 out of the last 10 and drawn the other 2 
So, so they're coming beating in yeah. So it's not an easy game. Paul underscore LT2P said, We are unable to break at pace, always want extra two or three passes. First touch is terrible and never win a second ball. That is a brilliant tweet to sum up the performance yesterday. Perfect. At Jack Coates 14 says, Davis has to go. The way we go, we could get relegated and the players are not up to it as well. At Dunmark said, Getting really fed up with this. I know they try hard, but something is missing. Lee Gibbs 1 says, Typical Orient, slightly better team, a couple of chances can't score they were awful but scored one of their chances and we lacked ideas O's fan basing said very unlucky today good stuff in the first half but just got to take our chances need striker options as ours need too many chances to score yeah at record blue apps as we are poor at the back we're poor up front we had some good chances but all from far out good to see Judd despite some petulance hashtag we go again so Judd had a bit of a scuffle with Jerome at the far side nothing really to bit worthy to mention in the podcast really okay Jimbo1404 said will love the will the loving on Mooney stop he was awful today we should be looking more like a team than we are than what we are much more of this and I'll be joining the Davis out camp yeah and quite a few about Mooney yesterday coming in people were very disappointed with David Mooney at this yeah. point of the season uh, David D. Hanu says frustrating didn't feel we deserve to lose that one would like to see more of Satoru yeah Ben D. Bollard said hard to be critical we are not far away Need to be a bit more ruthless in front of goal. Our luck is out at the moment. Yeah, good tweet that. Fleecy LOFC says, David needs to create real competition for places. If a player doesn't perform to achievable standards, then drop him. Taser Jr. said, don't see today as a managerial issue, but more a concede a sloppy goal and miss two sitters kind of an issue. Yeah, good point. Great sum up there. Orient Fan TV says, I thought Macclesfield were nothing special. The players are not performing under Davis. Maybe a new manager coming in can change their performances. Yep, Jim586 said, Am I the only one who thought we played okay? The ref should have been up on the North Stand roof, maybe you'd have seen things better up there. We looked good today, but we're just lacking a little spark. A free kick winner or a bit of pace up front, a player who gets in people's faces. Yeah, only one team. Just how many times have we seen these kind of games? Opposition not great, loads of possession, a cheap goal given away, and we can't bag a goal. Too many times. Yeah, Kylie 5 said, I don't understand. We keep two clean sheets, but the one consistent clerk the one consist but the one consistent clerk is dropped. Again, second half we bottled it. Or in underscore Vikings, the second half was awful. We just fell apart. We start okay, don't take our chances, and then we go behind and have no idea. Yeah, um shame on that. Orient Buccaneer says dominated the first half. But they took their chance and we did not. Their keeper had a blinder, which was bound to happen, coming on like that. And the final word of Mac was from at John Mac in 1977. I think this was across three or four tweets. He said, very unlucky today. We could have had three or four. One defensive lapse has cost us again. However, I have to question Davis's tactics. He replaced Bocco with a holding midfielder when one nil down. Brophy looked sharp. Yet with five minutes to go, the ball needed to go into the box. Our tallest player is still at centre-back. I heard the first Davis out chance at the end of the game. I don't think we're there, but questions need to be asked as two points from 24 is simply not good enough. So those were our thoughts. Those were a broad selection of your thoughts. So on the back of uh, what was being said on Twitter, we took the initiative and we decided to get in contact with Principal Investor Vice Chairman Mr Kent Teague at quite late notice to be fair to him and asked if he'd be good enough to come back on the Outlook podcast to get his views on the season so far. Obviously he was there yesterday uh, and he was lucky, well we were lucky enough that he came back and said yes. So here are the thoughts of Mr Teague 
from earlier this evening. So, Ken, thanks very much indeed for, for joining us and, and welcome back to the podcast. Um, just, I guess, to, to, to really sort of kick off, we, we've played sort of four games, um, three of those games, two draws and a win, which we thought would be our springboard into yesterday's game with Macclesfield, but it wasn't meant to be. What's your, what's your initial thoughts on the, uh, on the last sort of couple of weeks? Well, we certainly wish that the results had been much better than they have been. Um, it was fantastic to draw at Dagnum and then to win at Brisbane Road. Um, that was great. Um, of course, we care very much about the Cup, and we want to go on as long of a Cup run as we possibly can. But we're very interested in you know the league and, and the National League where we are in the table and, and doing the things that we need to do there. Uh, to move up to the t- to the part of the table where we believe we expect we should be. And in terms of yesterday's performance, you was obviously at the match. What, what, what did you make of the match yesterday? I thought we played really well. You know, this is, uh, unfortunately, it's kind of like a little bit of a broken record. Uh, you know, we played really well. Uh, we had moments where we didn't play well enough. Those moments cost us dearly. And in the moments that we played really well, uh, we didn't play well enough. And, uh, you know, it's kind of like it's a little bit of a broken record. And, and that's the thing we're trying to figure out is how to uh, somehow break that trend. Difficult to put a finger on exactly how you go about fixing it. We had Ross on the podcast last week and I mean it's it, it's, a, it's a simple thing is you switch on in both boxes you stop the, the, the goals going in and take your chances and, and, and expect the midfield to do it but there's no actual silver bullet is there? Uh, not that I've found I, I, now I'm, I'm probably the least competent person you know when you start comparing me to Ross and Steve and, and Martin Ling and, and even Nigel uh, I'm probably the least competent person to be able to distinguish uh, what is a silver bullet. I did have a conversation with Nigel this morning, and I will talk to him again tonight. Uh, we talked to each other quite a bit. Um, and we did talk about the fact that there is really no silver bullet. Uh, we're, we're, we're trying different configurations. We're trying different tactics. We're trying different, you know, all kinds of different things. And we just haven't found the right combination yet. I don't think there's one single thing that will fix the trend that we're currently in, but I do know that once we turn it around, we certainly have the talent and we have the players who can go on a very, very aggressive run toward the top of the table. So you mentioned turning it around. So are you 100% confident that the team and the management in place can achieve that and, and turn the season around? I mean, that's our, that's the reason they're there. And, you know, so we, we certainly want them to do their best. We do believe that the players are doing the best that they can when they're presented with the opportunities that they're presented. Um, and we think that the coaches are doing the best that they possibly can. We believe that Martin is going out and getting us the appropriate talent that we, that we need. I think it was really, one thing that was really interesting yesterday, if you look at the uh, starting sheets, did you guys notice the number of players that they had listed and the number of players that we had listed? Nope. 
in terms, I only saw the starting lineups and the subs. I didn't see squad squad numbers yesterday. Yeah, squad lists, right? So squad lists, we have thirty-two players. I don't think there's anybody in the National League who has thirty-two signed players. Um, and the reason I point at this is because I want everyone to know that we have given uh, the resources and the ability for Martin and Steve to go out and sign the players that they need. Uh, they've consistently said they, you know, they need this or they need that. Charlie got hurt. It was unfortunate. Uh, Ella Kobe was hurt. That was unfortunate. Colson was hurt. That was unfortunate. You know, there were, there are other things that have happened. And so they've had the opportunity to go out and, and we do believe if we had all 32 players available, we do believe that we would have one of the most talented sides in the National League, no doubt. Yeah, I, 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 I think that's fair to say. Uh, yeah, cool. So after the match, there was quite a lot of tweets that we received, and I'm sure you've probably seen if you had had a few yourself, about you know, fans wanting a change in the management. I mean, what would you say to those fans at the moment? Well, uh, it, it is certainly understandable as to why they are frustrated. Um, and if that was the silver bullet, that would be the bullet that we would fire. But we don't believe that's the silver bullet. So, um, you know, that's not, that's not what we're doing. Um, what we're focused on is we're focused on trying to figure out what is the right combination and the right way uh, to make this go the way we want it to go. From a vice chairman position, obviously you're based over in the US, um, and obviously when you're over here, you're not obviously camped in the in the training ground around the players. So for them to see you, I guess, is is quite a rarity. Um, is there is there anything that you feel that you could do in terms of perhaps like a rallying cry? Um, and I don't mean to sound all sort of pompous about that. Um, no. but, but do you think that that's something that you might that you might do? Well, I, 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 it's interesting. Uh, you know, yesterday I, I happened to see uh, Colson. Uh, yesterday before the match, he was in the uh, training training room, and I and I said hello to him. Um, I saw a number of the players out uh, before the game. You know, uh, Marshall Taylor and I walk the ground early uh, before the match starts in order to check. Uh, lots of different things if there's hooks in the bathrooms and and things like that and so uh you know soap and and toilet paper and all that kind of stuff and so i see a number of the players at that time at the man of the match presentation uh, i was there when joe Whittison won man of the match and said some words to him as far as me going to the training ground i have been to the training ground uh you know a time or two um, and I know that Nigel's been over there. Martin goes over there quite a bit. I am fortunate enough, uh, just so you guys know, uh, I am fortunate enough that I'm going to be riding on the bus to Wrexham on Friday. Now, it's interesting. I am the vice chairman when I'm in, uh, in, in England, but Ada has told me that there is a tradition that when we go to um, to to Wrexham, uh, because because it's in a foreign country, that I get to be the assistant kit manager, and so my role on this trip is uh, being the assistant kit manager. That's that's 
that's the internal joke between me and Martin Ling and, and, and Ada. Certainly when I, when we go to Wrexham and I'm on the bus, I'm sure I'll get the chance to have a number of different conversations with a number, you know, a number of the players. Some of those players uh, will want to have conversations with me. Some of them may not. And that's fine if they don't, um, you know, I think that sometimes a different voice may be giving a little bit of a motivational, uh, you know, rallying cry or something like that might be valuable. Uh, and, and sometimes it might not be uh, just a different voice saying something maybe a little bit different might get them a little bit motivated. But again, I think that our players are doing the best that they can. Our coaches are doing the best that they can. And I think that they are just a little bit off, and I think they will fix that themselves. Um, I don't think they need me to fix it necessarily. So you mentioned Wrexham, which is next Saturday, but quite a bit of activity uh, before Wrexham coming up this week. We've obviously got the uh, game on Tuesday night against Gates. Yeah. It looks like it's going to be quite a, a pivotal match. That one looks like it's going to be quite a big one. We're obviously in 18th, they're in 17th, so a big six-pointer. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. This is a this is a very important game for us. They're all important. Um, this one comes at a time that that makes it pretty critical for us. We, uh, you know, my schedule is is pretty simple. Um, I went to the men's match yesterday, the women's match today. I go to the men's match Tuesday night, the youth match Wednesday night, including being in the club shops uh, club shop at six o'clock on Wednesday night. And then we go to Wrexham uh, Friday, come back from Wrexham Saturday, and then I go to Cardiff with the uh, women on Sunday. So, you know, I get to see a little bit of football while I'm in the uh, in the UK, and then I go home Monday. It doesn't seem worth coming back from Wrexham if you're then going to go to Cardiff. It's like you're going to be doing a tour of Wales. <laughs> it, it does. It, it doesn't. It does. It, that that uh, I have been reminded often that I am not a geography major. So yeah, you're right about. That. I, I I just I just don't know any better yet. I've actually had a number of people say that to me. So I'm going to work on that the rest of the week. I may not be coming all the way back from Wrexham and then going to Cardiff, but we'll see. Great stuff. I guess a great a great kind of thing to end on then would be what would your message be to the Orient fans tonight? As a, as a as a whole fan base, what would you what would you like to say to them? I doubt that they're more disappointed than we are. Um, you know, Nigel has been a fan for his whole life, and um, I told my wife the other day something I probably shouldn't have said right before I left uh, for London. I told my wife the other day that I had fallen in love faster than ever before. <laughs> Amazing. That sort of stuff should never be said out loud. Really? <laughs> and, and, and my wife said, so it took you less than 25 years to fall in love. And I said, oh, yeah, it took a, a lot less than that. So, it, you know, it is painful uh, to lose. Um, it is not, it's not fun. We don't like it. It's not like something that we enjoy. Um, you know, we can kind of laugh about it a little bit, but we do not, we don't like it. Um, and, and, and we see, you know, I see the, the disappointment in the eyes of the supporters uh, in, 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 you know, in, 
in the supporters club and in the gallery and in the Olympic suite and, and in the chairman's club. And it's hard. I, I get it that it's hard. It's hard on us. It's hard on them. Uh, we just want them to know that we are dedicated and we are very diligent about trying to figure out what it is that we can do better. And believe me, we want to do better faster than, you know, <laughs> than Tuesday. Um, but Tuesday's the next opportunity that we have. So we're going to bring everything that we possibly can to Tuesday and do the best that we can. So that was the thoughts of um, Vice Chairman and, and Principal Investor uh, Kent Teague, who is over from the US uh, for this week. Some great uh, viewpoints, some great thoughts from him, thoughts on Steve, um, what he said to his wife, <laughs> which is probably something you shouldn't really be saying yeah, out loud, out the matters of the heart. Uh, but we really appreciate Kent coming on and, and giving up uh, some of his time we spoke to him at, at some length uh, either side of recording that and, and he's always he's always well balanced and he's got some, some really sort of great opinions and views on things yeah I mean that was a hastily arranged interview so again like you said thanks uh, to Kent uh, for giving up his time and hopefully we'll be hearing more from Kent and Nigel throughout the season on the Orient Outlook podcast yes so. I think Nigel we should get Nigel on next because I don't think I think it's been a while since we've had Nigel yep. on so Mr Travis with, uh, Mr Travis we are coming for you so prediction league updated into round up Macclesfield only one correct prediction yesterday so oh. one on to at kid Samson O who predicted 1-0 who didn't confess he meant to put 2-0 so luck of the joy there that means that unexpected item 0 is first on 14 points in the prediction league with Bill Fleet Heat <laughs> and George Gurks joint second on 11 points Full table is on our Facebook page. And as always, thanks for your predictions. Yep. So, Sunday the 22nd of October, the Orient ladies team were in action and avenged their league defeat by beating Actonians 2-0 in the Capital Cup with goals coming from Larry and Ellie. I'm not sure if I pronounced that correctly. Well done, ladies. Uh, so, well done, ladies. Absolutely outstanding. Flying in the league, doing well in the club. Scoring loads of goals, conceding yeah. very few goals, something that the men's first team sadly are not doing. Yeah, but let's not let's not do that. At some point, we will get to watch a ladies' match. We don't have to make I, a game. We said it last season; we never made it, but I genuinely <laughs> intend to do it. Right, let's round this up then. Go for it. So, fantasy football update: When we started recording, the table had updated with today's results. So, okay. as it stood, Rob Langley was top of the fantasy league by one point, closely followed by Richard Blanks. But I have moved up to 136th place and I have Harry Kane, Deli Alley and Salah from Liverpool. So the re- revolution, Nussbaum's revolution starts yeah, it's back on. It's back on. So positives and negatives so, yeah. the week then? Yeah, positives. We're in the next round of the FA Cup. Yeah. So the first round proper. We are playing better with a new 3-5-2 yeah, formation, mean, which I think's worked pretty well. I think, I mean, even though the result wasn't great yesterday, I think... It was still an improved performance from what we'd seen. It was much better than the AFC fold and the Halifax defeat, so yeah. getting there. And then the youth presence in the first team, we've obviously Miles, uh, Dan Happy, um, Michael Clark and Royal uh, Soturio, uh, all great uh, impressions being made on anyone looking at a football club for their son. Yeah. Would you want your kid to just go and sit and play amongst reserves or would you actually want to see him in the first team path? Good point, yeah. Pathway so, to the first team. So for me, negatives then. Go on then. Switching off in defence, which has been a constant this season. So i.e. switching off against Macclesfield to let him score the goal. Second negative, 
some horrific misses against Macclesfield, Barn in particular, but Jadon Mooney as well. And another home defeat this season. I think one of the tweets said the fourth home defeat in the National League on the trot. So you really, if you're going to go up, you can't be afforded to lose four Correct. at home, let alone four on the trot. So those are exactly. our positives and negatives. Yep, so Hero of the Week this week, we're going to give it to the young man who has basically kept two clean sheets in his last three games, yep. helped us to limit the damage uh, of opportunity that others are creating against us. Well done, Charlie. Yeah, well done, Charlie. Well done, Chaz. Doing absolutely brilliant, so please carry on the good work. So next week's fixtures, big, big, big week coming up, Florian. Yeah, two National League games this week. On Tuesday, the 24th of October, we've got Gateshead at home. They're 17th in the National League with the same amount of points as us after conceding a last-minute goal to lose 3-2 away at Eastleigh. They've got a new manager manager to impress in the shape of uh, a certain Steve Watson. Uh, if you want to find out more about Gateshead, um, check out the Heed HWD Army podcast, uh, which our very own yeah. Steve Nussbaum appeared on on Wednesday <laughs> night to talk about uh, the game on Tuesday. Uh, on the 28th of October, we play our first European fixture. I can't believe we put this first European fixture of the season as we travel to Wales to face Wrexham. They're currently third in the league thanks to a last gasp win away to Dagenham and Redbridge. Yeah. So a tough week, some big performances needed uh, from the players. We need to see a lot of chests being puffed out and a lot of you people hope so. wanting this. Yep. You'd hope so. And additionally, this week, Wednesday the 25th of October, the youth team are playing against Hornchurch in the FA Youth Cup at Brisbane Road. A bargain price of only £3 for season ticket holders and £5 for adults. So if you're going, have a great night and let's uh, support the boys. On to the next round where Biggles Wade Town in the first round await the winners. So good luck to Danny Webb and the boys and everyone involved with the youth team. What an incentive. Yeah. So that's it. Thank you very much indeed for joining us for episode 119. It's really been a week of two halves on the pitch. As on Tuesday night, we saw a performance full of guts and fight as we beat Dagenham and Rebridge in the FA Cup to secure a first-round tie at Gillingham. And there was a real feeling that a corner had been turned after that win and two clean sheets. And then on Saturday, we went and lost at home to Macclesfield with booze ringing out at the end of the match and a selection of fans calling for Davis out with Steve Davis moaning his team's concentration in post-match interview. If you're going on Tuesday, we'll see you at the match. If you're going to Wrexham, have a very safe journey. Please bring us back three points. Enjoy the match. (laughs) And uh, we'll be back with episode 120 next week with all the information and views that you could ever need. Yeah, if you're listening uh, on iTunes, please subscribe and give our podcast a review. And we did get one last week. Did we? Thank you to Peter Andrew, I think, who reviewed the podcast. If you give us a review, we'll call you out on the the end of the podcast. So please give us a review. And if you're listening on SoundCloud... Tune in. What time to be alive? Tune in and stitch up. <laughs> Add us to your favourites, and that way you have all the podcasts available as soon as they are uploaded. If you have an older relative or loved one who you think will like the podcast, grab their phone or their tablet or their computer and just start playing it or download it for them. It couldn't be simpler. Let's bring them into the world of the Orient Outlook. So we look forward to hearing from you. And as always, keep calm. Oh, go on. No, go on. Finish oh. that sentence. Keep calm. I listen to the Orient Outlook podcast. And we're going to add Yeah, we're going to play you out with a, a song that we think is uh, appropriate for this period of time. We could have gone with Bon Jovi, but we're going to go with the late, great George Michael. Yeah. Have a good week, everybody. We'll see you Tuesday. Up the O's. Up the O's. Because I got to have the